Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. On a dying planet, light years from our own, the forces of evil have conspired against us. What target have you chosen? A small planet in the Omega Sector called Earth. You need only give the word and it'll be done. The word is given. Now, it's up to a group of beings sworn to protect us. Official alert to save our world. What's the size? 87,000 metric tons. I'd call that big. From the deadliest threat we have ever known. Welcome to They Call This A Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This A Movie. We're part of the Main Naming Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themainnaming.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themainnaming. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Dalvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. I'm not always with you. You can't well, say that. That's a, that's, that's true. I, I mean, wasn't here last week. I mean, I mean, we didn't do a basketball player movie this week, so obviously Dan's here. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Dan has returned from America's <laughs> Wang to, uh, <laughs> to join us once again. Yeah, right. And yeah. and it, I don't I don't want to be not safe for work here, but I'll say America's Wang, it did what it was supposed to do to me. If you catch my drift, <laughs> uh, it it got me in the wallet. Let's just say that. Yes, as, but it, as it, it always does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I I two things uh, while watching this movie. I think D and D has finally broken me, in the sense that. Um, while I was watching this movie, um, A, the two monsters in the movie immediately made me think, oh, I wonder how many hit points they have, sort of <laughs> sort of thing in my head. And I'm like, that's, nerd. Not a, that's not what a normal person thinks. And second, um, you know, I got a notification that, like, uh, you know, my commissions for this month came in. And the first thing I thought it was, oh, I can buy those pieces for the D&D map now. Well, that has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> no, Unless... but I was watching the movie when I found it out, and I'm like, D&D has completely broken me. If you're trying to backdoor a reference to Stranger Damies, Mark, I know, I see what you're doing. It happens at the end anyway. I don't need to backdoor it. Right, But I... you did anyway. Why are we backdooring our own podcast? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> I thought you were going to say when your commission check came in that you were thinking about rebooting this movie because it probably cost about your commission check <laughs> yeah, to make. Yeah. I think, we, I think if we all pooled our resources, we could probably make this movie. Yeah, yeah. Allison Lohman needs some work, so. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, this week, the big movie coming out is Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, so, we went through Amazon Prime's uh, kaiju movies, essentially. Uh, I started watching Gamera the Invincible, I think is the name of the movie they have on there. 
Um, sort of watching it, uh, realized that it wasn't so bad. It's good. It's just kind of like an old movie, so it wasn't mm-hmm. really that much fun to to make fun of. So we dug even deeper, and I came across Craw exclamation point the Sea Monster, <laughs> 1998, directed by Aaron Osborne and Dave Parker. <clears throat> Um, before we get into that, um, I want to discuss what your feelings of Godzilla movies, because I know, Dan, you are especially a fan of Godzilla movies. I am a huge Godzilla fan. Uh, I grew up watching these movies on Saturday mornings. They would have them on TNT. It was like Monster Vision, I believe. And, you know, I would watch... Uh, I watched the good ones. I watched the awful ones. Uh, destroy all monsters or uh, all monsters attack. Uh, it always brings me to the what, what's that one Simpsons reference when uh, they put when Lisa they find out Lisa failed second grade gym and they put her on Monster Island. Mm-hmm. And it, it always brings me back to that. I was like, what they mean is it's not an island; it's a peninsula. <laughs> or uh, whatever it is. What is it? It's a archipelago or something like that, Ant? Yeah, peninsula. It's yeah. peninsula. But uh, yeah, I watched all those Much movies. like America's Wang. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, they called this a movie brought to you by Florida, America's <laughs> Wang. Uh, yeah, so I, I grew up watching those. I I was looking forward to watching Gamera because they Godzilla and Gamera never meet in the, in the, in the movies and they're two of japan's biggest monsters uh gamera is usually i don't think he's ever evil gamera is uh he's the protector and weird weirdly enough he's the uh friend of children or something along those lines right he's he's a protector of the universe and friend to children uh what uh, i i grew up watching and i even liked the 1998 movie what? Which is, yeah, which is no, kind of. Come on. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> because I, it's not a good movie. I don't like it because it's a good movie. I like it because it's a different spin on Godzilla, and I just, I saw it for my birthday one year. I just I enjoy any Godzilla movie really. It's. I am <laughs> surprised. Really? Why? I. You're the first person I've ever heard to say they'd like that movie. Oh no. That that no. was universally like. Oh yeah, that movie sucks, right? Everybody? Yeah. Like you could no, get listen. you get the Senate to agree to that. Unanimous no, I, decision. I'm not I'm in no way saying it's a good movie. I don't like it because it's good. I just like it because it's Godzilla. I'm unapologetically like I I'll like almost any Godzilla movie. It doesn't like, matter. Like Mitch McConnell and Bernie Sanders would come together to talk about <laughs> how much the how much Godzilla is terrible. Well no, listen. When I lived in Massachusetts and I worked there there was a man and his son at my job, and they said it was their favorite movie. Wow. Now, oh. in no way, shape, or form would that ever come close to being my favorite movie. Their favorite Godzilla movie or their favorite movie? <laughs> it was one of their favorites. They also said that Jupiter Ascending was better than Guardians of the Galaxy. Good Lord. Yeah. Well, that's Massachusetts for you. They're yeah. dumb as posts. Uh, sorry to anyone who might be listening from Massachusetts. More like Taxachusetts. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Roasting. Uh, no, I I like it just because it's a Godzilla movie. And I, I like Hank Azaria. He's fine. He, he does a terrible Brooklyn accent in that, I think. I couldn't even tell you. But yeah, uh, uh, yes, I grew if, up If you have to say it with a question mark, it wasn't a good job. No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like Mechagodzilla, Mothra... 
with, I, I don't think they're going to do this in King of the Monsters, but Mothra had the twins who would interpret her for the <laughs> humans. I don't think they're going to do that, but that would be pretty sweet. Uh, Ro- even Rodan. Rodan sucked. He was probably my least favorite of the Godzilla monsters, but they look like they they're going to make Rodan pretty cool in this. Uh, Angerus. I I like them all pretty much. There, I don't think there's any monster that I even even Jet Jaguar. He's not a monster, but look up Jet Jaguar. He's a uh, he's a deep cut in Godzilla lore. So let me ask you a question. Like sure. you said, you love the good ones. You love the bad ones. What is considered to be the best one? Well, I guess if you're going off of just strictly the best, mm-hmm. then you got to just say Gojira, right? The 1950 Godzilla movie, the very first one. Uh, when they got into the 90s, it, it became pretty good as well. So they like Godzilla vs. Biollante was good. Uh, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla one and two, or I think it was like Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. The, those movies were really good. My favorite one is the 1985 Godzilla reboot. Uh, there's they. I remember renting it from the local blockbuster, and it would open up with Bambi meets Godzilla. Did you ever watch that? No. It's just a very short film, and it's Bambi just grazing in a field and. It has the you know that that music playing. I don't know what the name of it is, and all of a sudden Godzilla's foot just comes down and stomps Bambi, and that's it. That's that's the short. I just remember that as a kid. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, the the 1985 is probably my favorite, and the my least favorite I think is All Monsters Attack. But I I haven't I, I've seen Godzilla vs. Destroya. That's a really good one too. That's when uh, Burning Godzilla comes around. So uh, it, it, there's a whole. I think there's like tw- twenty plus Godzilla movies out there. God- Godzilla vs King Kong. I used to. I wore that tape out as a kid. I, I would watch <laughs> it. Uh, it came out in 1976, I believe. Uh, it's a pretty terrible movie, but that's one of my favorites as well. It's. Gotcha. I, I'm looking forward to the 2020 one as as. Uh, it looks like the the reviews are kind of mixed on this one, but I, I hope the Godzilla vs. King Kong one will be good. My only experience with Godzilla, besides the 98 and the 2014 version, is just Monster Madness. Um, Cinemassacre's uh, Monster Madness, going through all those kaiju movies. Um, he, he does so, a pretty good job with those. Yeah. I always look forward to those every October. Um, I, think, I think he stopped them, unfortunately. but He did. Yeah. yeah. Come back. Cinemasker's Monster yeah, Madness. Please. <laughs> I looked forward to those. I would uh, watch them on the train yeah. to work. Well, uh, what about uh, what about you, Mark? Are you yeah. a Godzilla fan? Um, I've only movie-wise, I've only seen '98 and 2014. And '98, um, I saw more than necessary because it was during that era where I only had there was only like five or six VHSs in my house. And um, Fast and the Furious point. wasn't out yet. And Fast and Furious was not out yet. Uh, so, so what was there to watch? watch? Yeah, that it was it was like that varsity blues and face off. So And apparently was... every Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Yes, I've seen <laughs> I've seen a good bit of Jean Claude Van Damme movies. Um, which he that, which that, he kept kept to himself that, throughout that entire week. Which that I uh I attribute to my uncle who, you know, liked to tape any and all movies that came off HBO. So anytime I visited him in the summer, you know, is when I would 
get to watch at least one viewing of ridiculous movies. Um, not not only Ant did Mark keep that from us the whole week that we watched Time Cop, mm-hmm. he kept it from you throughout college, rooming yeah, together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You guys roomed together for how we many years? We never roomed together. Oh, you we did not. Did. Okay. I thought you did. That's for another episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's why we're still friends. We, uh, that's, we're that's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, so so that's really my only, uh, in terms of movies, um, I do remember renting a Super Godzilla for um, Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo, yeah. I, I um, and that. not really understanding it, because it's a weird game anyway. You, you would get hurt crushing buildings. Yeah, it was that's weird. That's what Godzilla was about. <laughs> he was all about destroying buildings and killing monsters. Did not understand it. Um, after seeing this, I might try, um, you know, playing it completely legally. Uh, <laughs> uh, and just seeing if, if it's any better with age, you know, or at least my talent of not being a nine-year-old trying to play that game. Um, yeah, but the the one uh, thing with Godzilla is that um, it, it seems like a type of movie I would be into, you know, just ridiculous action. And I mean, I like the Pacific Rim, so, you know, that's sort of in the same vein, Absolutely. you know, as a as a Godzilla um, I even used Movie Pass to see the ridiculous second one. Um, that was that such was a letdown. Terrible. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, I don't have. Definitely, is not as much experience as, as you do, Dan, um, with this. Um, the and the only thing I remember from the '98 Godzilla, despite seeing it a good bit, is that about the uh, the nest being in Madison Square Garden. That's yeah, really all I remember from that movie. <laughs> well, can I? I, yeah. I want to say just how much I love these kind of movies. While I was on vacation in Disney, yeah, one of my favorite moments of the vacation, we got back from the park. It was it was like eleven thirty. So we stop into the uh, the food court. We grab us. We get we grab a we each grab a pizza. We sit down in the food court and guess what's playing, Mark? Or Godzilla? Aunt. No, Pacific Rim. Rim. Pacific Rim is playing. And we we sat down. We ate pizza. Watched Pacific Rim at Disney and. I just thought to myself, it doesn't get any better than this. This is my, uh, you, this is my heaven. Did it when when it came on and they were carrying the uh, the Jaegers around? Did you stand up to the people next to you and yell about the helicopters? No, the guy next to me was having a terrible night. Okay. So, yeah, he, someone <laughs> someone stole his burger. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, someone stole his burger and he was not happy. So I don't think he wanted to hear my. Uh, <laughs> My issue with how the Jaegers got around on two helicopters. <laughs> Maybe it would have cheered yeah. him up. What do you know? <laughs> I, I don't think I would have survived. I think he probably would have killed me. Uh, so as we mentioned, this week's movie that we are covering is Craw! Exclamation point, the sea monster. Uh, I like it, how that's a, it's like a callback to the old monster movies. Where it's like it from another yeah. planet. Yeah, no, it I this is this is a weird movie, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um I'm not a hundred percent sure what the point of making this movie was. Feels like it's a sort of a parody spoof of kaiju movies, Godzilla movies, but there's not a single joke in this movie. <laughs> um the audience has to be kids. Um I I it it's it's a weird existence this movie um they throw a lot of things at you um it feels like two different movies yeah um it 
It's just a weird one. It's uh, got an IMDb score of 3.2, and the Rotten Tomatoes score does not exist. Not even an audience score. <laughs> it's we could star, be the first. Yeah. There, there's two, I think, reviews of people, but they were not, um, you know, registered critics. Okay. Um, it stars Michael Guerin, R.L. McMurray, Teal Marchand, and in her first role, uh, a young actress by the name of Alison Lohman, who would later yes. go on to play in Drag Me to Hell, among other things. Yeah, gamer as well, right? Gamer, yeah. Big Fish. Matchstickmen. Uh, Matchstickmen. She's a very famous actress. Yeah, that's not bad. Apparently uh, has given up acting. She hasn't acted in anything since 2016. I believe she is a uh, an acting uh, teacher now. Oh, she. Oh, that's cool. Not bad. So. And I think Teal and Marchand was in, uh, it says Keenan and Kel. So that's not bad. I think she was in quite a few episodes, too. Yeah, from uh, 96 to 2000. So yeah. she had a reoccurring role, at least. Yeah. And this... Unfortunately, this is R.L. McMurray's only performance mm. as... Bobby Maycheck. Bobby Maycheck. Hold on. Let me. Okay. I gotta see. I, where am I? I'm not seeing him. Bobby Maycheck is the biker. Oh, who I thought was Donald Lou. Uh, Donald Logue. Donald yeah. Logue. It looks yeah. just like him. It really did. I, I was like, oh man, this is. When they say you have to really like earn it, this mm-hmm. is earning it. If that was him. Yeah. Uh, this might be the most incompetent movie we've watched. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they were trying to go for competence or they weren't. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, were they trying to spoof? So maybe they didn't want to make it seem competent. But I I think they were trying to. I I think everyone was trying their best here. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's hard to to pinpoint what exactly the point of making this movie was. (laughs) The, the writer went on to write a whole bunch of movies. He, a lot of, a lot of horror movies. I think he wrote like hellraiser bloodline or one of the hellraiser sequels uh, he wrote a bunch of demo- uh not uh, like demonic toys and puppet master sequels okay. so he's got a, a bunch of um horror um stuff to his credit mostly you know direct-to-video stuff and b b-level stuff yeah but yeah i just don't this this movie has a sequel too yeah. as mark pointed out um it has the name of the sequel is the planet patrol and Allison Lohman also starts in that one. Yeah. It's, yeah. You got to start somewhere, man. It's a, yeah. ba- it's a baffling. Yeah, this, this, uh, this movie um, puts a little hole in my uh, one cousin's theory about if you add an exclamation point to a title, it just makes it better. I, no, don't I mean, we, ha- we haven't seen a version of this movie without the exclamation point, <laughs> point so, who, so who knows? Who knows, right? I, I'm going to say I'll give it credit for doing the man in the rubber suit. I to me, I love that schlockiness, sure. and it's not a bad rubber suit either. Like, no, it's actually that's one thing that I did note. It was like, you know what, that's not a bad suit. Yeah. Right. If if they had a large budget, I feel like a lot of it went into the suit. Uh, some yeah. of the set pieces are okay. I uh, think the first miniature set piece was pretty well done. It's the, the gas station. The gas right? station. Yeah. 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 With the it's Paul company. Bunyan. Yeah. I think it was well done. Like, there's just one shot where he throws the Paul Bunyan, mm-hmm. and the gas station bounces a little bit when he drops it. <laughs> uh, other than that, I thought that that scene was well well crafted. Yeah, um, it seems like it gets worse as the movie goes on. They might have yes. shot this in order. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I think the next scene, the next shot of the monster is him going through a a, a city, 
and you could tell it's like toy cars, yeah. cardboard. Those are definitely like, some Hot Wheels or Matchbook yeah. cars. Cars. Yeah, it, it it wasn't. I think Anthony's right. It just goes a little bit downhill each scene that it's in. Because like even like even the first even the first miniature scene has like explosions. It has mm-hmm. a tanker truck moving. All like the next scene that's in in the city. None of the cars are moving. None of the, like yeah. like they they don't do any. There's not like an extra mile thing to kind of like sell it. Right. Uh, and like there's some background noise of just cars honking. But nothing moving. Yeah, there's nothing that's immer. There's no immersion in those scenes. Hey, I, and they don't even have, you know, how in the Godzilla movies where they would show him moving through the city and then pan to people running. Right. I mean, obviously they're not in the same scene as the man in the rubber suit. So why not just do that? You have people screaming, running, just have a uh, a point of view shot that way, and then you could just have Craw moving through the city. Uh, mm-hmm. My question to you guys: Would you like to have been in that suit at any point? Just to, if some one of these guys said, "Hey, listen, we need someone to be in the suit," would you do it? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, me too. <laughs> I've always <laughs> wanted to. When I was a kid, I thought that was the coolest thing. So I yeah. thought it, it, that would be a lot of fun. Just knock, just stomp on some shit. Just yeah. knock shit over. Absolutely. I have yeah. one question, and it comes up every time there's something that's huge. Especially um, Avengers, it happens with Giant Man. Mm-hmm. Why, when something is so huge, do they move in slow motion? That may, yeah, <laughs> I guess because there's more mass, right? I, yeah, I just, maybe. I don't know. So do ants see us as moving in slow motion? I think they do perceive time more slowly than, uh, than we do. I just uh, always wonder that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... Well, you, you know how in, insects have quicker reaction times mm-hmm. i think that's because they view things slower so when they see our hand coming to swat it away it's moving at a fraction of the speed that it actually is i guess or they perceive it i i don't want to <laughs> i i i'm i'm not a, <laughs> a bug not, a bug guy yeah i don't really know to be honest but that would be my theory if there's a scientist out there or a zoologist who knows these things. I'm sure we could actually look it up. We could Google this and it, the answer would be there, but I'm, I'm too lazy. Yeah. Mark, were you going to say something? Yeah. I'm just, yeah, for some, I don't have time to look it up, but uh, <laughs> we, weren't ex- we weren't expecting an answer from you, Mark. Don't worry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I had, no, I was thinking of something in my head. Like, um, it, one of the back reaches of my mind was something like it was, it's either velocity or acceleration is something to do with mass. So I wonder if people are doing like some eighth grade science and going, well, usually I was taught then that when it's more mass things, you know, it takes more to make it go fast. So yeah, we'll play this in slow motion sort of thing. But I couldn't, I was trying to look up real fast while Dan was talking to see which one it was, but, um, you failed. It's probably just have time. It's probably just more dramatic. Really? That's probably all it comes down to. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Seeing it stomp on things in slow motion. It's just, yeah, it's cooler. Uh, by the way, I flies perceive time slower. There you go. So they, yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, I th- I think it's in terms of Godzilla, Giant Man. I guess it's just because they're so they they're so much heavier at that point. It's tougher yeah. to move faster. Yeah. But you you cover more ground obviously when you're 300 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Right. You're how long are those foot uh, those uh foot strides right? Sure. A couple hundred feet, I'd imagine. 
Yeah. So it, it all weighs or it all evens out, I suppose. Or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know why Giant Man moves slow. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have to ask. Uh, well, we can't because he's dead. Never mind. I was going to say we'd have to ask Stan Lee, but uh, that's fine. I'll ask the Russos. I was, I was, there I was going, sort of there for a second. I thought you were going to say Paul Rudd. We can ask Paul yeah, Rudd. We can't Maybe. ask Paul Rudd. He's dead. Wait, what? <laughs> what happened? Oh, you didn't hear? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I don't know. But that, that's uh, that's a good question because you see, obviously, Godzilla is very lumbering. Uh, he's, and I think it's just to make it look cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, if there's any other points before we head into the plot. No, I'm just I'm just really glad that this was probably the shortest movie we ever watched. Yes. It was, it was a nice movie, like you yeah, said. Nice, nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, let's go right into the plot. Uh, so as we mentioned, uh, it the runtime of this movie is 69 minutes. Uh, one Flat. hour, one hour and nine minutes, as they put it on IMDb. It was 69 minutes. Two of those minutes happen to be the opening credits against Black in the yes. in the very beginning it's a very long opening so that's two minutes which is nearly three percent of this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing that's a probably a no-no that they teach you in film school don't do yeah. that yeah they could have had something in the background to make it a little more if they're going to stretch it out for two fucking minutes <laughs> have something something going on um we open up after the credit scene, uh, the dark planet Proyas, and we meet our villain, Lord Doom, who is very cold. <laughs> that is his dilemma, is that he's cold. He is currently living close to the planet core of planet Proyas. Uh, the planet is slowly dying, um, and Lord Doom is a combination of Lord Zed from Power Rangers and Doctor Doom. Yes. Yeah. I, I picked that up immediately. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of this movie feels very much like a Power Rangers movie. Yeah, yes. uh, it feels like a Power Rangers episode stretched out to sixty nine minutes. Yeah, uh, I I thought he he also kind of had a Skeletor vibe to him. Sure, uh, it, it was every generic eighties villain, mm-hmm. and it, it seemed uh, Mumra from uh, Thundercats. It, it, it had a he was very corny, and I kind of dug it. Yeah. Um, so his whole plan is because they're living on a planet that is currently dying. They need to find an, a warmer one that they can inhabit. So they find Earth, him and his henchman by the name of Chamberlain, which is a very <laughs> odd name, name for a henchman. <laughs> Chamberlain, get in here. <laughs> I was not expecting the person who played Chamberlain to come out in that scene. Yes. I thought I thought it would be someone equally as uh, silly looking. You know what I mean? How, how Doom looks silly. This guy, it's just he's just, just a, a little person. Just a little person. Yep. Chamberlain, the little person. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. I'm assuming that has to be an inside joke. You know, on there. Because he's, 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 he's not Wilt Chamberlain. He's a little person named Chamberlain. Yeah. Yeah. That's be something like that. Either the the writer knows somebody named Chamberlain. You know that he wanted to do. It had to have some meaning because that's as a guy who has had to come up with fake names. Um, I think he just looked lot. in the phone book. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 either something really dumb and stupid like that, or there's some connection where he thought, you know, oh, people are gonna laugh about this. 
Yeah. Stop yeah. trying to give Neil Marshall Stevens an out, Mark. <laughs> he a moron. Stop, stop trying. Stop trying to meet him halfway. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, like I said, the whole point is that Lord Doom is cold and needs to find something. So they send out um, an agent, uh, a kaiju agent, to um, destroy a civilization on Earth, and that is Craw the Sea Monster. Um, so they send the uh, sea monster down to earth. And I'm just thinking, how long is this plan supposed to take? Um, now, what do you mean? Because like he's sending down craw to destroy the world, but the craw's not that big. He can't destroy the world in like a, a day. No, it's like, they say he's about like, 200 feet. Right. So it's like, you know, there's like 5 billion people in 1998 living on, on the world in, on earth. I feel like that that's going to take some time. I don't I think feel like Lord just, Doom has that kind of time. I guess he just needed to destroy a city, maybe, and that would that would be it. Uh, I feel like the 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 Planet Patrol kind of, <laughs> or more specifically, their agent by the name of where is it? Uh, Magyar Magyar says that Lord Doom's mo is sort of just destroying civilization so he can live on the planet right he doesn't destroy the planet he just destroys the civilization so like if you're going to destroy a civilization of five billion people that's going to take some time if you're just like one 200 foot (laughs) right assuming it has to rest yeah and again we mentioned how he's in slow motion so it takes him a while to destroy a single small city it's really a city block he destroys right yeah he's not really going it's gonna take him a full day to destroy new york and he's not really doing a whole lot of damage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's just a little by little here. Yeah. Yeah. Like and... he if if he goes to New York, he's gonna look up at the Empire State Building and be like, ah, this is gonna take a little <laughs> this is gonna take a little more effort than I was expecting. <laughs> That'd be whole, I would love to see that in a kaiju movie. Just looks up at a building, ah oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh god, you got, I gotta sit down for a bit. Yeah, it's like I just destroyed <laughs> Brooklyn and Queens. I should have done this first. <laughs> like takes a smoke break right <laughs> and, uh, what are, what's the uh, the tallest building is in what Bangladesh not Bangladesh uh, uh, what is it it's like in Dubai. India isn't it or it's like Saudi Arabia is Dubai. it right Dubai, Dubai. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he sees that building oh, oh god <laughs> what is going on here <laughs> it's like oh my god there's two of them like the <laughs> one in Kuala, I think it's Kuala Lumpur or the, like the ones from uh, Entrapment that they were in. <laughs> God that, damn it! That shit just gotta take a gotta take a quick smoke break here. <laughs> uh, this is gonna take it forever. This is gonna it, take it forever to walk from New York to Boston. That would be a pretty sweet, uh, like t- uh, like turn like you put it on its head kind of in the kaiju movie where he really doesn't want to destroy these buildings. It's, just, it's, it's so much work it's not as easy as you think it is guys yeah yeah it's just like see him like struggling to push them over <laughs> right. yeah getting a running start and just like bouncing into it all right. Like, all right i'll get it this time i got it this time gotta go lower gotta lower the shoulder <laughs> i i would watch that movie i would absolutely watch that movie uh so yeah craw the sea monster uh touches down uh, on earth um but Chamberlain makes Lord Doom aware of the one problem that might pose for their plan, 
might step in the way is the Planet Patrol. And the Planet Patrol is a bunch of plucky teens that probably would have died in Star Trek, living on <laughs> their own version of a Death Star. Yep. Um, and it never works. Nope. Right. Uh, it, it, throughout the whole movie, it's always powered down. Yep. Uh, that it, it, this is where we meet our crew, which includes Alison Lohman's first film role. Um, she plays Curtis, the Planet Patrol member with psychic abilities. She's a, uh, she's a double P level. Double P level, which nobody know, understands what that means. <laughs> and nobody believes her, so I guess they literally made up that, uh, <laughs> that distinction for her personally. And, it, and her psychic powers don't always work. Yeah. And I think that's little... the only time I've ever heard that from a psychic. They're iffy. That right. was like that was the the script note of like well, why didn't she just use her psychic powers? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like oh well because she can only do it sometimes. <laughs> just writes it in the margin. <laughs> right. That, it's that, unreliable. That's, that's such a uh, cop out. Yeah. Like all right, well we want to make her interesting, but we don't have the budget to do it really. So yeah, let's just say it works sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're they're tracking Kra's arrival to Earth, and their plan originally was to you know go to Earth themselves, teleport down there. But as they were about to, they get neutralized by Lord Doom's forces, and uh, basically the power is shut off, um, which also destabilizes their core, which uh, given enough time will cause their entire ship to explode like a star. Uh, basically, they just didn't. They figured out ways to not combine the two stories. There's yeah. there's two stories going on right in this movie. And because there are two directors, one of which only directed the Lord Doom and the Planet Patrol parts, it's sort of obvious that they had two ideas for a movie and they smashed it together at some point. Um, whether that was in the script writing phase or the filming phase is, remains to be seen. But either way, it seems like these were two ideas that they smashed together somehow. But um, this was basically their way of making a movie between these two stories and never having them yeah. touch. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, the the one thing I gotta give it to um, is that I think this is what you said with it being like kind of incomprehensible in terms of the plot is the ways they sort of stayed in danger on the on the. Uh, on the Death Star thing while also helping out the people on, you know, Earth at the same time. And it just not my, I couldn't understand, well, how much, how, how much trouble are they in? Like, <laughs> what, what exactly? Like, it kept changing every time they need it to have them sort of um, interact with the other half of the story. Well, they, they say in the, in the beginning, um, basically, they could keep the, um, they could keep the core from exploding, but they really can't do much of anything. Like they could only focus their pa the power on keeping the the core stabilized, and then they do things to help. Then the captain decides to do things to help out the people on Earth, and that pulls the power from keeping the core stabilized, and that puts them into danger. Um, now, I I couldn't really follow the Planet Patrol. Mm -hmm. Their storyline was so utterly boring. There, there's no story. It's, yeah, it's really, I maybe maybe in Planet Patrol the movie there's a story there. Um, there's a there's scenes at the end that pop up, and I'm like, where did this where this part of the movie come from? Yeah, it's like, so an actual disjointed. fight scene between Lord yeah. Lord Doom and 
the captain of the planet patrol. It was like, yeah. what? They've been sitting on this for the whole movie? Yeah, yeah. John Wick, eat your heart out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was surprisingly violent for a movie mm-hmm. that can only be directed towards children. This has no other audience, but for like yeah. eight-year-olds? Yeah, it's and, like yeah. anything over 10 is too mature for this movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first started watching this, I got a little confused with all of my uh, adult film watching because it had the same uh, like you, feel you were, to it. You were wondering why they all had their clothes on, right? It <laughs> kind of felt like this was this was just the beginning of a uh, like soft core, oh yeah, Skinamax kind of thing. It feels the the Planet Patrol feels very much like Emmanuel in space. Yes, probably, maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I assume the, the, the best is. part about the um, Planet Patrol stuff is Ooh, Mark's a, it's real good. What? No. It's real good. No, 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 no. no. The, um, it's real good. It's real good. Um, is that you can tell that this is like uh, Allison Lohman's one of her first roles because she's really the only one of the three giving like a hundred percent in in all of her lines and scenes. Oh, um, wound up making making uh making her better for it yeah yeah she stood out in the movie yeah um because of it um not that it was a high bar to cross but (laughs) right (laughs) but yeah she gave 100 percent, and also um in those scenes it the other guy that wasn't the leader just felt like at every opportunity he had he had to put a hand on allison loman like on (laughs) on her shoulder and then when he's resting he sort of starts petting her head when she wakes up from being knocked unconscious and I'm just like, that guy was just, he's like, I'm taking advantage of this. <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed like they also sensed or a sense that she would be a better actress than everybody else. Because she seemed like she spent about two extra hours in the makeup chair and the hair, you know, hair and makeup. Um, while all the other ones looked like they just got ready for an episode of Wishbone. Yeah. <laughs> Wishbone. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, I mean this. It's such a such a weird like it's a weird part to have in a kaiju movie, and that's one of the reasons why I want because they they leave it all on the line there too in the trailer. They show every every aspect of this weird weird movie um, in the trailer. So I was like, well, we got to do a kaiju movie, and this one has an obvious Doctor Doom ripoff. And then it also has an obvious Star Trek ripoff. And, like, we totally have to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it comes off as just so odd. So it's got to be, like, two scripts mashed together. Um, and just, like, with very minimal effort to the point of, in this scene, there's an unfinished green screen shot. There's literally a scene. They cut, and there is still a green screen that has not been keyed out yeah. by anything. Yeah, I think it gives the movie character. Yeah, oh, yeah. there's isn't there one scene too where it's like definitely the the uh, the CGI wasn't finished on it or whatever. Oh yeah, it's the one that it's, has like the ticking time at the bottom. There's, there is there's time code on yeah. on the shot, um, and it looks like they ran out of money. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. This I laughed this, out loud at that part. This movie has it might be the lowest budget movie we've watched. It's definitely the most incompetent, but I don't have any numbers for it. It's just, it feels super cheap. Do you think this uh, was lower than uh, Wizard of Paws? 
I yes. think I think so. At the very least, it looks cheaper. No. Well, I, so it's got to be right up there with it. It's probably close. Um, I think this movie is worse put together than that movie, though. Yes. I, I man, that's really hard to say, though. I mean, this had like set pieces at least. And better, oh no, I can't say that. I was going to say it had better graphics, but that's, no. that's no. an awful, awful lie. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I, it's crazy. I uh, mean, well, Wizard of Paws didn't have a, uh, a mini uh, alien that spoke with an Italian accent. Oh, yeah. Oh, an God, offensive Italian accent. We still haven't gotten to that. We're yeah. obviously, we're talking around the plot because there isn't much of a plot. What? No. Um, Yes, yeah, so there's a an alien like a he kind of looks like one of the the creatures in Halo, the grunts. Yeah. Uh he's in an egg, I think, right? He's in an egg of some sorts. So let's let's just get into it. So Yeah. Frog gets sent down to the earth. He fucks up a truck stop, which we already touched upon. Probably the best part of the movie in terms of quality of the of the filmmaking. It's it's well done in terms of miniatures. There's like explosions. It it feels like it it feels like that could be like a a giant two hundred foot monster. Yes. Um. So with the planet patrol neutralized, they send an operative. They say, um, down to Earth to to stop try and stop this this uh, craw. Um. They he's gonna go go there with no weapons, but he's gonna have to try and figure it out. It's where we uh, cut to um a New Jersey diner where. Biker Bobby Maycheck. <laughs> uh, uh, he uh, walks into a diner um, right at closing time, like a real asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, uh, meet- that's right. He, he asks for non. He asks for what is it? Non decaf. No, he asks for decaf tea. Decaf and tea. Like, and she's like, "You got you get this tea bag in hot water. Is what you're gonna get." <laughs> <laughs> and he meets Alma James, who's the diner owner. Um, and this is where the uh, triangular object crash lands in the middle of the diner, and we meet our uh, our Italian-speaking uh, operative. He kind of looks like a turtle mixed with a decomposing sandwich. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you would put it. I don't. Yeah, I think that's probably the the best way to go about saying yeah. what this thing is. Yeah. So my favorite part of this whole movie is Bobby Maycheck. With his backstory yeah. and everything, yeah, because uh, Bobby is a biker and he looks like a biker. He's got long hair, long beard, leather jacket, leather pants. Uh, but he also spent a few semesters in med school, and then he uh, interned on the Voyager space program. You <laughs> don't know. So don't, Voyager... <laughs> don't judge a book by your its cover, folks. And it's really uh, bad wig. Yeah, <laughs> Voyager. If for those who are unaware, Voyager one and two were launched in 1977 to study the outer solar system, and uh, Voyager one became the first human-made object to reach interstellar space in 2012. So he's a uh, part of history with that Bobby Maycheck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I remember learning about him in uh, high school history. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, the this uh, spaceship crash lands into the diner. Um, Bobby is pretty excited to see it. He's like, these are not one of uh, our satellites, I can tell you that. And then it opens up, and we meet Magyar, our Planet Patrol operative. He currently only speaks Italian at this moment. For what reason? Oh, they uh, get to it. They yeah, get to they it. get there. They get there. Why well, he needs to be in Napoli. Um, 
as it crash lands, uh, it uh, awakens the uh, the government uh, has been tracking it. I guess they uh, track it to the diner. But by the time they get there, the uh, Bobby and Alma have left the diner uh, along with Magyar. Next scene is at Alma's apartment. Uh, Bobby shows up with an Italian to English textbook, and Magyar immediately reads it in about 30 seconds. And rather than have an Italian, uh, rather than speaking Italian, he now speaks English with an Italian accent. Um, he was looking for Napoli, but wound up in New Jersey, as as one does. Um, and he says that he was trying to get to Napoli because he needs access to a weapon, and that was the only he knows of a research facility in Napoli that has the equipment he needs to at least make the weapon. I don't remember if they have the weapon or he needs their power to make one. But yeah, it's yeah. A- the he says the only place in the world that has all the uh, items that he needs is this uh, atomic um, facility in um, in Napoli. Um, which again, apparently is where Kral lands, you know, right? Because, uh, uh, we find out later why, uh, so that means Kral can travel really quickly over water. It looks like we, we lost Dan. Um, I don't know if, uh, the, uh, the authorities he ran afoul of down in America's Wang got a hold of him or, um, uh, maybe Kral, um, destroyed his yeah. house, but, um, for whatever reason, it's- um, probably most likely, anymore. it's probably most likely Florida man. Yeah. Florida man. Uh, he is no longer here. Uh, hopefully we'll have him, uh, <laughs> back for next episode. Um, or maybe he'll eventually join us again, but we're going to try and move on without him. Uh, cause the longer we spend on this movie, the worse off our lives are. Yeah. Um, so I am trying to remember where we are. Oh yes. We are at Alma's apartment. Um, the government finds um, the three of them there and they take them all into custody. And Bobby's got this choice line of, haven't you guys ever heard of the constitution <laughs> as he's getting arrested? Um, again, Bobby, good. Bobby is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, he's... Uh, so uh, we move on. They take them to a government facility that seems to have like a dojo or something. Yeah. The, the walls are, what you would expect in like a, a Japanese house or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, which is very distracting during the interrogation scene. Cause you could just see through the walls of people walking around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the best part about it, you can tell how cheap the movie was to be made because, um, you could very, very much think that the, the diner, her apartment, and this were probably all shot on the same set. Like, mm-hmm. not not just the same studio setup with different... Like, literally, they just redressed the set. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's probably probably pretty close. Um, uh, so, they're interrogating Bobby and Alma. Um, then, at that point, suddenly, Kra, I guess he, he, knows, he knows where Magyar is. Yeah, he seems um, to be tracking him. Seems to be tracking him. So, he shows up. And then these outside shots of uh, Kra wrecking shit, it it makes it look like they're they're being held at like an oil refinery. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't understand. Like, yeah, it just looks like whatever pieces uh, the set designer had, like his kids' toys had around. Yeah, there's like towers yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah, like power plant looking buildings that are just getting fucked up big time. 
Um, well, this is where we we meet the uh, the government agents. Uh, I did write down one of his names, but I don't remember what it was. Um, yeah, they were they were meaningless. Captain Rurik. Oh no, no, that's uh, that's Planet Patrol guy. That's Planet. Uh, there's government eight head government agent head one, and then okay. he's got two lackeys that um, look exactly alike. Um, I had a hard time telling them apart. Yeah. But um, in the melee, Magyar escapes and hides in the in the ventilation system. And while he's in there, he overhears a phone call uh, the agency head makes, and he's able to um, hear his call sign, his access yep. code, um, and here's the phone number that he dialed. Yeah. Uh, and doesn't know how um, telephones work, apparently. Yeah. So after that, he helps Bobby and Alma escape through the ventilation system and Kraz destroying the base. Um, this is some bad miniature work yeah, here. Yeah, it's real bad. Um, but while this is going on, Planet Patrol is uh, monitoring it, and they, uh, Captain Rurik, he diverts their power to um, send Magyar's mothership down to, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sends, Ma- sends yeah. Magyar's mothership directly into Krods, knock him out, giving Magyar and Bobby and Alma a chance to escape. Um, during yeah. this, this is yeah, the this special is... effects scene that exactly. still has the time code on it, um, and it seems like unfinished um, graphics because yeah. it's easily the worst graphics that we see. We've seen some bad graphics in this in this movie, um, specifically anything that happens in space. The the uh, Planet Patrol ship. Is all special effects, and this is easily the worst. This is like nine, Windows ninety five screensaver. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. That, that's the same thing I was thinking. Was it, it looked like something that someone had done on like an early three D model program yeah. from from like the early nineties, like a CAD drawing that you did in yeah. seventh grade. Yeah, uh, man, I miss seventh grade computer class. <laughs> Um, so they, the three of them manage to escape and they hide up in a hotel, in a hotel. Um, Bobby shaves off his beard and hair and I was super disappointed that this happened. I wanted him to keep that be- great beard and, and long hair. Um, yeah. Yeah. He just essentially took off the wig and <laughs> off the beard. That was, oh, it was so terrible. <laughs> way, way to ruin the immersion. Part. So terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, so at this point, Magyar develops a plan to build the weapon that he was trying to get to Napoli for here, but he needs about $20 million to build it. And he's a lot of resources and a lot of time, but luckily this is where the fact that he, uh, recognized the access, he remembers the access code the government agent gave and, uh, he recognized the phone number dial tone. So they're able to call, um, whoever it was that the government agent called, give the access code and demand, um, the resources needed at, at a facility in order to build it. Um, yeah. Bobby calls in the request as if he was a government agent, which is a crime. Yes. Um, can't pose as a federal agent or a government employee. Um, so they go into the government facility. Uh, the government agents realize where they're going to be. So they go there too. When they get there, the plan is in full effect. The weapon is just about ready. And it looks like an etch, not etch sketch. Um, what is it? Um, erector set. Yeah. You know, design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that the the crane is pretty terrible in this uh, scene. Yeah. Um, but Kra follows Magyar again, tracking him. 
And at this point, Planet Patrol is in dire straits. Their core is going to blow up in five minutes. They're trying to help out, but they just don't have the ability to do so. Essentially, the weapon that uh, Magyar has built is a giant laser. Um, as Kra approaches, he's uh, fucking some shit up again. Um, yeah. And he knocks out the power. That's so uh, great. So Bobby it, has to go. It looks like he walks into a spider web. Yeah, he just kind of kind of knocks it down. So Bobby has to go and try and fix the problem as the government agents storm the facility. Um, and the agent stops Bobby before he could fix the problem. Yeah. Which it, the, really all he had to do was literally plug in a giant plug. Yeah, that that obscenely large plug was yeah was, was pretty well done. It's like he stre- It's like he he was vacuuming and stretched the vacuum further yeah. than it could go, and it fell out of the outlet, and he needs yeah. to plug it back in. That is essentially the problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this and this is the point where Allison Lohman uh, does the uh, universal sign for she's using psychic powers. Mm-hmm. She puts the two fingers up to her temples. Yeah. So Magyar tries to talk to the head agent. No deal. Um, but he subdues one of the other agents with an electrical handshake. Because that, that's a thing. Um, yep. As Mark mentioned, Planet Patrol is trying to get power on. But meanwhile, Curtis is trying to use her psychic powers on Kraw to kind of keep him in place for the, uh, the weapon. Um, Alma jumps the head agent. Um and Bobby is able to plug the weapon back in. Um, but as he does, he gets electrocuted by electricity. Um, yeah, essentially. Oh, uh, the government agent's name is Bridger. Uh, oh, jeez. And he pistol whips Alma, which is probably a crime. <laughs> he, Such a crime. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, Planet Patrol... Uh, Curtis says she she can't do it alone. She needs to focus everyone's psychic energy in order for her to control Craw more. So uh, so I said uh, the Bobby plugs the weapon back in. Craw um, gets hit right in the chest with the beam, and Planet Patrol is able to redirect the beam using their psychic energy yeah. to send the beam right to them. The beam jumpstarts their base's power supply. As the weapon blows up Kraw, it blows itself up as well. And the day is saved on Earth. So, so they, they essentially made that weapon into like a, a giant like uh, crash pad, uh, like paddles sort of thing. Like jumpstarting. Yeah. The, the um, defibrillator. Defibrillator. That was the word I was looking for. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> now that the now that the Kraw is destroyed... The Planet Patrol um, sets their focus to Lord Doom, so they teleport to Lord Doom's uh, planet. Captain Rourke, I guess they have some some history. Yeah, that's why we got to see the sequel. Yeah, uh, and then they fight, and this comes out of nowhere, like a choreographed fight scene. Uh, comes out of nowhere. Rourke fights Lord Doom as two other people chase around Chamberlain. Uh, yeah, the the funny part about this scene, and I don't know if you had the same thought, was as watching it, I was like, "How is the Corman Fantastic Four fight scene a lot better than this?" Yeah, like I it's think, it's amazing. I think the the Corman Fantastic Four movie is probably the closest to this movie of what we've done in terms of budget or yeah. like production value, because um, this scene this scene 
feels like a lower budget version of something you would see in that. Yeah. Um, it's it's really ridiculous, but it's like this this kind of a violent like uh, fight scene a little bit. It kind of just doesn't mesh well with the rest of the movie. The rest of the movie isn't. Um, you know, besides the pistol whipping of Alma, which also is frightening. Yeah. Um, this is a scene that just kind of comes out of nowhere. It just feels really off. Um, and uh, before long, Captain Rorick uh, defeats Lord Doom. They uh, arrest Lord Doom as well as Chamberlain and put them in, like, animal cages. Because I guess that's what yeah. Planet Patrol does. And uh, all's right in the world. Magyar returns to Planet Patrol base. Uh, squares everything away with the government for Bobby and Alma. So Bobby's still alive. That's good. Good. But um, apparently, now that Magyar's ship has been destroyed, uh, he's stuck talking with an Italian accent for the rest of his foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, and then we cut. That's it. That's the end of the movie. This movie has uh, another four minutes of credits, leaving to a total of six minutes of credits, which works out to about 8.6% of the actual movie's runtime. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie was weird. Yeah, it was weirder. It was weird in a different way than I thought it would be weird. Yeah. Um, like I said, I saw the trailer and I saw, you know, fake Doctor Doom, uh, Star Trek Fleet Command, and yeah. then Kaiju. I was like, oh man, this movie is going to be batshit insane. It was just kind of. It was just kind of a movie that was made for kids, I guess, by people that didn't really know how to make a movie for kids. No. Yeah, the um, only, only thing they seem to realize, and we've pointed out a bunch so far, is that the best person they hired for this movie was Allison Lohman, and they tried to feature her as much as possible. Yeah, but they didn't really do a good job of it either. No, like, but, yeah. She was the one that stood out. She was in the center of almost every shot when they went back to the, the base. Right. You know, they, they made sure she was noticeable. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think they knew what they had. I mean, she's obvious, you know, compared to everybody, she's obviously a star in this movie, even for such a small role. Yeah. Um, compared to everybody else. It, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I feel like there's mm. a way to make this movie. Like, if you're going to make a kaiju movie for kids, yeah, you have to strip a lot of this movie out. Um, Bobby and Alma, they, they don't, like I said, I love Bobby. Um, I think what you do is you, you take, you take the, the planet patrol storyline and you pair them up with Magyar and you kind of put them on earth to yeah. fight, um, Craw. I think that's how you make this movie make a little more sense. Like you send the you send you send Allison Lohman's character, the other dude that was supposed to go to Earth to fight Craw, pair them up with this weird turtle-looking thing, uh, send them to Earth, so they have to kind of uh, assimilate into Earth and try and fight with trying to keep a low profile. Yeah, maybe and, have them meet up with Bobby and Alma. I, I was just gonna say, at least Bobby, you can have him be that guy that used to work for NASA right. or whatever. And finally gets to meet an alien, but not just one, just two aliens. And one of them looks like me, you know, sort of right. thing. Because obviously they don't explicitly say it, but just the way they talk about Earth, you can tell that the Planet Patrol people are not from Earth. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, they're humanoids. 
humanoid yeah. creatures that look just like us but are not. Um, yeah, but yeah, so. I think that's it, it was mercifully short. Um, it did feel a little bit long at times, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, I actually checked the runtime a couple of times. Yeah, so it, so it's mercifully only sixty nine minutes, uh, but. It yeah, I think there there is a there is a way to simplify this. Like again, I don't understand what this movie's purpose was. Again, if this was supposed to be a spoof of kaiju movies, yeah, it's not funny. It's not, and there's no intent. There's not like it's not not funny in that there's the all the jokes fall flat. There are no jokes in this movie, really. There's yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, and, and the way to improve it, like we said, was you, you could do like a Bobby be like a buddy cop thing, sort of, where he's like the, you know, the one, the, the, the straight man and the Magyar could be, you know, giving all the punchline jokes to him and just sort of in a, in a kiddie way, kind of like, you know, we, we made the comparison to uh, Power Rangers, mm-hmm. but just sort of how Power Rangers, um, you know, had that um, sort of jokes on top of... Um, you know the the insanity that seemed to only get one part of that right mm-hmm. yeah uh and then like if it's as a kid's movie they're focusing on two middle-aged people which is weird yeah which and they have the this the team of spunky teens stuck on a ship where they do nothing the entire movie <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like if that's the if that's the appeal to get the kids in the seats, like, oh, look at this co- look at this cool team of of teens doing stuff. They don't do nope. anything. Nope, um, they do nothing at all. Which I think again kind of leads to the fact that these were two different movies um, that they kind of stitched together in some really weird way. Um, because if if it wasn't, then that would it would make like, it, is it possible that they because there's a quote-unquote sequel, is it possible they just shot more footage when they were shooting the... Maybe the the sequel was supposed to be the movie. They shot extra scenes to fill the runtime of another movie, or is it... Did they run out of money for Kra, the sea monster? So they they kind of tacked on this other these other scenes that they had a budget for allocated for another movie? Yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm quickly while we're thinking about this, looking up, um, you know, Planet uh, Patrol, and see if that is also an hour because that all. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. Because my thought is maybe it was one movie, and I don't know why it got split into, you know, two separate movies. Yeah, I don't know. Uh. I'm trying to Planet Patrol here. 1999 was. Does it say where is the runtime? I don't know. I'm on IMDb as well. If that's where yeah. you are, and I can't find it. Weird. Um, okay. it's got an even lower IMDb rating of 2.6. Um, and it's not directed by either of the guys that directed the uh, this movie, although it is written by the same person. Yeah. It. What what I'm going to suggest, because both of these were done by the same company, obviously, they ran out of money for the first movie, they <laughs> so they only were able to shoot about half of the runtime. They quickly, because this movie was the Planet Patrol wasn't made much later after that, um, got funding for their film, 
for a second movie, and then they use some of that movie to fill out the runtime of Craw uh, yeah. exclamation point and the sea monster. Yeah, yeah, because it looks like you know there's a pulse pounders or something. It says in one of the posters, you know, family sci-fi with an edge, which Although, is a very late '90s thing. Alma James does make an appearance in uh, Planet Patrol. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming you're, you're right. It's the it's the awful movie version of Infinity War and Endgame. Sure. You know, they shot it all at once and then split it into two movies. <laughs> sure. It's Kill Bill Volumes One and Two. two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's that's. Based on the fact that there is a green screen shot missing, there is a time-coded graphic effects shot, I think there was a problem with production and financing, and combining these two ideas is the way they solved it. Yeah. Um, bravo, because it took, me, it took me two viewings of it to kind of... You know, if this is the case, it took me two viewings of this movie to connect the dots and kind of... <laughs> Uh, figure out that that's probably what happened because um, it, it it's sort of it, it it doesn't really work but unless you really sit there and think about it um, it takes a while to uh, to realize that um, yeah it's not a good movie uh, it was uh, I would say I, I'm not gonna say I'm disappointed it's just that I was um, expecting it to be weird in a different way um, I, I think I can see that. Yeah, I think we 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 talk about like movies that are just kind of like like uh, Sorceress got really weird at the end. It was like we just went batshit crazy in a and, in a partially good way. Yeah, like just like throwing things against the wall wall and see what sticks sort of way. It's like we got this look at this giant crazy lion puppet we have with wings. This shit's nuts. Comes out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> um but this movie is just kind of weird because it seems like it's weird out of necessity yeah um but good for allison loman for making something out of her career hopefully she's happy because she hasn't she's she's had an interesting career because she like had like a six-year absence too um i believe to have kids i think she had like two kids but like between 2009 and 2015 she did no work um so I believe she had her two kids at that point, and then tw- since 2016, she hasn't done anything. She had three, like for someone that's been around since 1998. We're not going to count Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Um, yeah, that's a you know voice voice, voice work. Yeah. Um, to only have after she comes back, she's only, after she's come back in 2015. She's only though she only has three roles. Um. It's very interesting. Yes. She, you know, she was you know, she was in big movies, too. Matchstick Man was her kind of breakout. She's been Big Fish. She's worked with big directors. She's in Flicka. Um, Things We Lost in the Fire. Beowulf, Drag Me to Hell. These are all in the span of a couple of years. Gamer. She had one, one hell of an agent. Yeah. During that time. To, get, to, get, to go from this movie to that string of movies. You know. Well, sure, she had some TV too in there. Yeah. You know, she probably made. It, she probably still paid her dues for a while after this. Yeah, yeah. You Safe Harbor. What and... the hell's Safe Harbor? No it's idea. Like a, a widowed sheriff and his three sons live with his mother at the motel she owns. Yeah. So it's not like she didn't go from this to Matchstick Men. So 
Um, she, you know, sure, she had a good agent, but she probably, you know, did some hard work too. Yeah, she had to do Milo. some good work to get to that agent. Yeah. But then whoever she signed with did a real good job after that. Sure. Um, so good for her. Hopefully she's doing, she's having fun being an acting coach. Um, her husband directed, what did he direct? He directed uh, the second Ghost Rider movie. Okay. Spirit of Vengeance. Um, uh, some other things, too. What else did he direct? Uh, oh, he's writer-director of Crank and Crank 2. That's okay. where he. That's where he started. Crank, Crank High Voltage, Gamer, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, and the Vatican Tapes. He hasn't worked since 2015 either as a director. Yeah. What are these people doing? <laughs> Probably, you know, like uh, like acting school. Maybe he's a writing coach or something. I don't know. Like, you know, you you there there are jobs to do in L.A. that aren't you I know so. working. And if you got enough of a name, like how many, how many, how many bros that want to write movies out there, you know, wouldn't want to go, you know, sit in a class that was the guy that they crank, <laughs> you know, he could make a good couple thousand dollars a lesson <laughs> off of just saying, I'm the guy that, that directed crank, wrote directed sure. crank and get a lot of guys from USC to go over <laughs> and take the class. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they're quite happy, but I'd like to I would like to a where there are they now sort of thing. That's yeah. all I'm missing. On craw exclamation point the sea monster. Yeah, it was it was more confusing than anything else. Um, as you said, I had the advantage to being I probably was the last one to watch it of the three of you was seeing you mentioned the green screen stuff and you know just little and then finding out Allison Loman was in it before watching it. Um, made my experience probably a little different than, than the two of you w- uh, watching it. Um, but I, I, I had a lot of fun catching those little green screen and the unfinished CGI stuff um, and seeing how progressively worse the uh, miniature sets got. Um, that was all the fun in it for me. I barely could keep track of some of the plot. Um, you know, the fact that uh, the monster goes from apparently Italy to the East Coast of the United States um but we never actually see it in italy but it says that 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 uh thing got it says destroyed. it's been destroyed yeah but we never actually yeah. see it oh but i don't think it's a very deep plot in that it's you're it's someone else that destroyed it well no maybe they go maybe they talk about it in planet patrol they say that it's there it can't be a coincidence yeah that it was destroyed yeah yeah so yeah essentially <laughs> i'm not i'm not suggesting that there's a conspiracy i'm just saying that it's weird that they say it's been destroyed, but we haven't seen it. And then we haven't seen him make a move that fast in terms of yeah. going from Italy to where he was. Maybe because he's aquatic. He can swim faster than he can run. Maybe. Yeah. But um, here's bending over backwards for this movie, Mark. I don't I'm get trying, it. I try, I try to, <laughs> I, uh, um, you know, full disclosure, I was paid by the, no. I'm just yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was just. It was just just finding out the little error, watching for the the errors and stuff was what actually made this movie, you know, bearable to get through. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a it's a, a one that I will never forget um, because it's that weird. Um, yeah. I really didn't re- think of the idea of this maybe originally being two different movies until I saw the the end credits where it specifically calls out that the director that directed the Lord doom and the planet patrol scenes was a specific director in the credits 
So I was like, well, that's a weird thing to, to put in there. <laughs> uh, sure. So that's kind of why I, I kind of made that connection and connected those dots. Um, but yeah, this is our kaiju. So this is our kaiju movie episode with connection with Godzilla King of the Monsters. Mark, yeah. who do you want to see Godzilla fight one day? Uh, um, is our question of the week. Yeah, so I wouldn't mind seeing a crossover with uh, Pacific Rim okay. and fighting those kaijus in that movie, or even Jaegers. You know, it's, it's a, it, it, it feels like it would be a natural fit, but they would have to get, you know, I would want the... Um, see, it's such a hard thing, because the movies in Pacific Rim and a lot of the characters from the original are good, but um, Jenny Bodega is is a really good actor so maybe a mix maybe have him being one of the jaeger pilots and helping godzilla fight the other kaiju that'd be a pretty cool movie okay i want to see him fight ant-man as giant man yeah that was yeah that that would be yeah i don't know just do we still get wise cracking paul rudd in the movie sure okay i'd be down for that then <laughs> i wouldn't just want just a fight scene between Godzilla and giant Ant-Man without Paul Rudd making all kinds of jokes about it. Yeah, of course. Why? Well, I, I want to see. I want to see an MCU movie, Ant-Man three, where he has to fight Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now does does Elizabeth Olsen play two parts in in that movie? Is she, no. is she Scarlet Witch and the first? She's off Godzilla? doing. She's off doing uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch and Vision, whatever it's called. <laughs> Uh, Vision and uh, what's what the fuck's her name? Her real name? Wanda. Wanda. Wanda Vision. That's what it's Wanda called. Vision. Wanda Vision. Yeah. No, we can't afford we can't afford her for this one. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we can get Allison Loman. Probably could get Allison Loman. <laughs> she's probably happy not being on set all the time. <laughs> and honestly, sometimes being on a set as limited as I am at these at yeah. these point in my life, totally get that. Yeah, if we, could, if we can't get him, we can get her. We can definitely throw our couple thousand dollars around the sea to get if we can get Darren McBee. Darren McBee, Darren McBee, and uh, why am I just blanking on everyone's names right now? Fuck, must be tired. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what, Mark Dacascus? Or... Mark Dacascus, or whatever fucking guy's name from <laughs> Halloween Three. Wow. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I can't. I can't think of anybody's names anymore, and I shouldn't do that because that guy is my favorite, and I can't think of his name. <laughs> uh, sure yes. So that's gonna wrap it up for us today. Uh, Mark, you got any plugs? Um, just the typical one, Stranger Damies. Um, we started our um latest session um of episodes. Um, so this is by the end of this. Um, I think you guys actually may be caught up to us at this point um by the time all these episodes run out before we would get the new crop of episodes up so um, a little bit closer running in real time which will sync up nicely because um we're hoping to be on video for the next session um so it'll be it's actually a good time for this little break that we have so um be sure to subscribe to that you know it's on google play itunes all that soon to be on youtube um you know, so it'll be fun. Um, while we're talking to strangers coming up, um, and most importantly, 
the next episode, or the episode that aired right before this was posted, is episode 69. So we've hit a great milestone <laughs> in the history of this podcast. Uh, and, and, and we'll get there, I mean, with Stranger Damies, and we'll get there soon with They Call This a Movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is episode 35, so we'll be there uh, probably almost another year or so. Um, so that'll be good. But It's a, it's a if, good goal. It's a good goal. But uh, yeah, so uh, we are They Call This a Movie. You can find us at theycallthismovie.podbean.com or on basically any streaming app that you listen to podcasts. Overcast, Stitcher, iTunes, we're all there. Just look for They Call This a Movie and we should pop right up. We are part of the themaindamey.com. Uh, we post articles. I'm I, sh- sure we post articles. I haven't written anything in a while. <laughs> Yeah, but, we, we have enough to do with this so far. Yeah, um, but we do post there, and every so often I'll drop a review, and I'm still gonna do October stuff. But uh, that's that's for another time. But um, they the main Damey, uh, it's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to find us there, uh, you uh, you can find us there. We post updates all the yeah. time. Uh, and uh, make sure to follow Geek Vibes Nation. Yes, we are part of Geek Vibes Nation now. Uh, Mark just came off of an episode of Geeks Against the Grain where they talked about their favorite uh, action movies and worst action movies uh, that they've seen. Uh, probably pop up on there again soon. Uh, so that's gvnation.com um, is their website. Geek Vibes Nation, just search, again, any podcast streaming app, they should pop right up. They do an episode, just about an episode a day, whatever it is that they they have a bunch of shows there. They got basketball shows, they got wrestling shows, they've got geek shows, uh, everything, everything you think of. There's an episode, there's a show for you on there. So subscribe to them, uh, leave some ratings for them, leave some rating for us because that helps us out a great deal. You could uh, send us an email at themaindamey at gmail.com. If you have any uh, questions, comments, you want to suggest a movie we can watch, you want to, uh, if you have some inside information on Craw, exclamation point, the sea monster, or Allison Lohman, or her husband, love to know some, uh, close the gap on, on, those, uh, on those conversations, would love to know what she's doing, or the explanation behind the different plot lines of Craw. <laughs> would love to know um, but uh yeah those are all the ways you get a hold of the main damey uh dan who is no longer with us because he succumbed to cross wrath um is at d equino 122 on twitter if you want to get into a fight with him on twitter um you would not be the first person but <laughs> you can find him there um mark yeah uh, you're at, at off the off mark, the mark tweet, tweet. And I am at Antelvec. Is there anything else you wanted to mention before I do my sign-off? No, no, no. That's about it. I'm just uh, really excited um, for, you know, possibly being, you know, going to video. So right. that's it's what I've been thinking about since we uh, did our blocking for it over the Memorial Day weekend. So Great. Okay. So this episode has been Craw! Exclamation point, the Sea Monster from 1998. Directed by Aaron Osborne and Dave Parker. So for... Dan Aquino, rest in peace, and Mark Myers. This is Anthony Del Vecchio telling Aaron Osborne and Dave Parker to go fuck themselves.